0: This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia dot I'm Terry Strux, host of Beauty Now, a weekly podcast that brings you the latest in beauty innovations, expert advice, tips. From tip to toe and from the inside out, we've had shows on skin, hair, every kind of surgery, self-esteem, hormones, cellulite, yuck, lashes, lips, nails, eyes, and more. Today, one of the hardest things for Americans to grasp is How do we get in that zone where we can just live and eat healthy without effort? I'm personally on the quest to get answers so that we could actually just be healthy from the inside out. This is why I invited Renee Stevens, a weight loss coach and host of Inside Out Weight Loss, for our own personal life media to be on our show and share her top advice. Welcome, Renee, and thanks for so much for being with us today. It's great to be here, Terry. Thank you. So where does one start? I mean, I know all of America is always on a quest to be fit, to be healthy, but some days there's just people that you can't get out of bed or you want to eat that whole bag of Doritos and guacamole and and you just don't get it. How do you inspire people to get it?
1: Well, thanks, Terry, for that question. You know, I'll start just by mentioning that my passion for what I do comes from my own struggle and my own journey I started out with uh, weight issues and struggling with my weight as early as about 11 years old and soon became a binge eater myself where I'd eat huge quantities of food in very short periods of time. My weight would go up and down. I'd go on extreme diets. I later struggled with depression as a result of my eating issues. So my passion really comes from my own struggle and my own journey. I had a long career in corporate America and then about nine years ago, I dropped out of that and decided to pursue my passion, which is really helping other people with their weight struggle, to end the weight struggle. I had found tools to help myself that I was so astounded with that I really felt that I had to take these tools out to other people and, um, and help them as well. And so I've been doing that full-time for almost a decade now and um you know it's a it's a wonderful thing to do because to me the weight struggle really matters and the reason that it matters or ending the struggle matters is that it's not just about you know losing a few pounds to fit into your swimsuit or to make it to your reunion that's nice that's enjoyable that's pleasant but the weight struggle is about so much more than that what it's about is our criticism of ourselves it's about ourselves not being all that we can be in the world, because anyone who knows, who struggles with their weight knows how incessant the struggle is, how it's a day-to-day, meal-to-meal, hour-to-hour struggle, and we go through life telling ourselves that, oh my God, our thighs are too big, our belly's too floppy, we've got cellulite, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then it goes into what will I eat, what should I eat, what did I eat, what didn't I eat. And all of that is taking up our precious mental energy when really, if we were to free ourselves of that, if we were to resolve that struggle and bring peace to ourselves around these issues and start to feel good about ourselves, our confidence would grow. We would present ourselves differently. And before you know it, we start to express our creativity. We start to share what I call our soul's gift. In other words, the things that we have, our special talents or gifts that we can share with the world to help make the world a better place. And that's the exciting part of ending the weight struggle is allowing people to release all that energy to, to share beautiful things with the world.
0: Well, how do you come to that point, Renee? I mean, seriously, if you're somebody that is, let's just say, 40 pounds overweight and they come to you and they're just like, I hate the way that I look. Where do you start? How do you
1: get self-esteem when you feel so bad about yourself? That's a really great question. And interestingly enough, most of us start trying to motivate ourselves to lose weight or to make a change by being tough on ourselves. We do the tough love approach. We say, you know, it's just not acceptable. I'm going to get myself into shape. I'm going to use my willpower, and I'm going to get on a program, and I'm going to be disciplined, and I'm going to follow it. The problem is that when we use discipline and willpower to motivate ourselves, after a while, life starts to happen, stress starts to happen, and we want to break, we want to relax, and so we give up. So if someone's 40 pounds overweight, and they've probably tried that willpower and discipline approach many times, only to go up and down the scale each time, the alternative to that is counterintuitive really the alternative to that is to start by forgiving ourselves and accepting ourselves exactly where we are right now so we say you know what i'm overeating for a reason it's no accident that i'm i'm eating the extra cookies that i'm finishing the bag of potato chips i'm getting something out of it because if i weren't i wouldn't do it so once we start by acknowledging that we're actually getting something that is valuable to ourselves from our eating behavior, from being overweight, we can begin to forgive ourselves. And from that place of forgiveness, we move to accepting ourselves as we are, to acknowledging that we're really doing the best we can. And then we can introduce new tools and techniques to bring ourselves that comfort, that that joy the the happiness that we are we were hoping to get from the food and we can find other ways to do that so that's really the first place to start with self-acceptance and forgiveness and how do we do that so
0: you're you're telling me and what i'm hearing you say is that if a person is let's say 40 pounds overweight and they're going to go into the mirror and say you know what i'm just going to look for something good
1: in myself today yeah, we can that's certainly a, a one great way to start, but I would encourage them to go even deeper than that. To say, Okay, well, there's a part of me that wants to overeat here. There's a part of me that wants to be overweight, and to say, now if this part of me were trying to give me some sort of gift, if this part of me were trying to do something good for me, what would that be? What 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 could it possibly be? And if we go into a relaxed state and we ask that question sincerely from our heart, we'll get an answer. And that answer may very well surprise us. It could be that the answer is comfort. It could be protection. We're getting I get something. that. That's totally true. I, I really
0: get that. And I would think that a lot of people would get that. I mean, there has to be a reason
1: why you overeat and not care. Exactly, exactly. Because the eating is actually a behavior to symptom of the underlying cause, and the underlying cause is that we're getting something out of this behavior.
0: Do you encourage people to keep a journal? I mean, how do you get in touch with those feelings and really on a daily basis when people have jobs and, you know, they're running around and there's the economy today and there's so much on our plates? sometimes I think that their health is the last thing, and I
1: think that that's a problem. I agree with you completely, Terry. In fact, that's one of the number one reasons that people don't actually lose weight for good because they don't systematically and permanently put themselves first, put themselves at the top of their priority list because we have life, we have jobs, we have, you know, the economy, families. We want to give to other people. We have so much to do, and self-care just sinks down to the bottom of the list. And, yeah, you know, I'd like to exercise when I have time. Well, you know what? Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. And if you don't have time, what that says to me is that it's not a priority for you, right? I love what you just said, self-care. I mean, that should be what you should put on your mirror, self-care. Exactly, exactly. And so why would we prioritize ourselves? Isn't that selfish, you know? Isn't that, you know, something that we do if we're not a, you know, if we're not a very evolved human being? And the reality is that if we are truly evolved as human beings – Self-care goes first. It's the old airplane metaphor where you want to put the oxygen mask on yourself first because if you don't, you won't be around to help anybody else.
0: And that's such a good point, too. I mean that everybody wants to take care of everybody, but what about you? And especially if you've let yourself go in the sense of you don't like what you see in the mirror.
1: Yeah. You think, well, I don't matter anymore. Exactly, exactly. And that's the message that you're giving yourself. I don't matter anymore. The problem is that that strategy doesn't work very well in the long term because while you may be able to give a lot, you're depleting yourself in order to do it, and it's going to show. You're going to be grumpy. You're going to have low energy. You're going to be far less than you could be. So I talk about a concept that I call enlightened selfishness, that we want to be selfish because being selfish, putting self-care first allows us to have so much more to give to others. Well, what about
0: if you have a really bad body image from childhood? What do you advise people? How do you get over that?
1: Yeah, again, it goes back. If we have a bad image from childhood, it goes back to that message of forgiveness, of saying, you know, if I if I think of myself as overweight, and if I think, you know, gosh, I've got a terrible body, you know, Terry, I had a, a client recently, and her. Mother would tell her, this is just pretty shocking, she would say, y- your nose is too big, your boobs are too small, and your ass is too fat. Oh, no, yes, that's <laughs> terrible. It is. And that's actually
0: really common. I hear so many parents just really ripping into their kids. It's terrible.
1: It, it just it hurts me every time I hear it. It's, just, it's hard for me to believe that a parent would do that. I know that they have a positive intention, but it does stick with us. It does. So, so again, it goes back to forgiveness to forgiving ourselves, to saying, you know what, I may have a big nose and small boobs and all the rest of it, right, but I'm I, I'm going to forgive myself for that. And then once we forgive ourselves for that, we want to go to the person who said it and, and and put ourselves in their shoes for a minute and say, you know, Mom was saying that, but let me think about Mom. Did Mom really accept herself? You know, what did Mom need at that time? No, and, it did her mom say it to her? I exactly, mean, exactly. Yeah. So this is an opportunity that we have to actually break this chain from generation to generation with forgiveness and acceptance. And, again, when we get to that place of accepting ourselves as as we are, then that's the birth of the desire to make the most with what we have, right, to be the best self that we can be. So So you're getting to the point where every day you can heal your body
0: image and tell yourself good things. And do self-care. Yes. Where do you go from there?
1: Yeah. And let me just make one more comment about that is that if you are 100 pounds overweight and you start telling yourself a skinny person, that's not going to work. Right, you want to start. You want to start with something that's believable and something that's gentle, and that is starting with that no, that notion of forgiveness of of accepting yourself and and kind of you know saying it's okay that you are where you are because that our psyches can accept, whereas they can accept a sort of a, a Pollyannish affirmation that says you know I'm 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 you know 150 pounds when I'm 250 pounds. Okay. All
0: right. Do you weigh yourself?
1: That's what I want to ask you. That's a good question. I do weigh myself about once a month, um, just to have an idea of where I am. But I don't want it to be any more frequent than that because I don't want my focus to be on the number on a scale. I want my focus to be how I feel, how healthy and fit I feel, and how my clothes fit me. See, that's that's exactly the way I am too. Because
0: seriously, I feel like if I can go out and I'll exercise or I'll do something or I might eat too much healthy food that day I don't want to get on the scale and have it show two pounds more whether it be water retention or something else and then focus on that number and have my day ruined but at the same time I want to make sure I keep
1: you know a healthy number Exactly, exactly. And the reality is that we don't have precise control over the number on the scale because the number on, on the scale is going to vary based on how much water we happen to be retaining at that moment and, you know, where our hormones are and all sorts of things. And so, you know, we have imprecise control. So if we try, if we let all of our self-worth and our mood for the day ride on a number on the scale over which we have imprecise control, it's going to make us crazy, which as you probably know from experience, it does.
0: It does. It makes right? me
1: crazy. That's my thing. That's yeah. my
0: my issue. I don't yeah. like to weigh myself, but I know that it is a good thing to do because conversely, the numbers can slip up and slip up and then you don't get it under control because
1: you don't know. Right, which is why you want to keep kind of a loose tabs on it by, through your clothes and maybe weigh yourself once a month. So what type of lifestyle do you recommend for people
0: wanting to get healthy?
1: What I recommend is rather than a lifestyle, I recommend a journey of healing through what I keep talking about, which is forgiveness, healing the causes, and self-acceptance. And once you get to that place of accepting yourself as you are, people say, oh, gosh, you know, I'm not, I can't accept myself as I am. Look at me. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm out of shape. I'm just a disaster. Right? I can't accept. I'm unacceptable. And they say, if I accept myself, then won't I just lie on the sofa and eat bonbons all day? And, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thought, but the truth is, that by accepting ourselves, we want we end up wanting to take great care of ourselves. Who wants to take care of someone that you don't like, right? Why would you want to do that? We want to take care of someone that we like. In infants and in children, actually, there's a condition called failure to thrive. And one of the causes of this medical condition called failure to thrive is insufficient love. If a baby has all of its physical needs met but doesn't get enough love, then it will not grow. Whereas its natural state, you know, anyone who has witnessed children growing knows that they grow like weeds. They change at extraordinary rates. And that's all on the foundation of love and acceptance. So if we accept ourselves as we are naturally we start wanting to nurture ourselves. Our nurturing instinct can be turned inwards. We nurture ourselves and then we have so much more to give others. Thank you so much and hold that thought. We're gonna have to take a commercial break.
0: I'm getting, time's getting away from me because I'm loving all this information. Hold on, right now we're gonna thank our sponsors. We'll be right back with Renee Stevens.
1: Hi, this is Renee Stevens, host of Inside Out Weight Loss. If you wanna be a thin person, You have to learn how to think like one. Learn how on my weekly show that aligns mind, body, and spirit for lasting change. That's Inside Out Weight Loss, How to Think Like a Thin Person on personallifemedia.com.
0: I'm Terry Struck, host of Beauty Now. We're talking with Renee Stevens today, and we're getting lots of valuable information on loving yourself from the inside out. She's the host of Inside Out Weight Loss, also on PersonalLifeMedia.com. Welcome back, Renee. Great to be here. Thanks so much. You were just talking about we left off with about babies getting loved, and that has to do with ourselves loving ourselves.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So now that we're trying to love ourselves, how do you inspire people? What if we're just kind of lacking that motivation? It's easy for us to say, okay, love yourself, but you yourself said you struggled with this weight loss
1: and loving yourself. How did it work for you? How did you come to that point? How did I come to the point of loving myself? You know, it was a long journey for me because I didn't have, you know, a handy program to help me and tell me what the steps were one by one. And so, you know, it, it took many, many years for me to get to that place of acceptance. But I noticed that while with uh, willpower and with um, with discipline I, I got, a, you know, a, I only got so far But it was really when I started being gentle and kind to myself that the changes that I was making really stuck. I have an equation, actually a formula, that um, is the foundation for my program, and the formula goes like this. Unconditional self-acceptance, that's the the acceptance piece we've been talking about. Unconditional self-acceptance plus behavior change creates lasting weight loss. So the behavior change techniques, now these are the kinds of things that you read about in a magazine. So the mag- you read the magazine and it says, you know, 10 tips to a flat belly. And it says, okay, well, when you want to eat, go for a walk instead or take a bath. And it has all of these little techniques in there. And we've all tried those techniques and they never last. They're so frustrating.
0: That's true. I mean, and there's so many different diets and you're always hearing, oh, my friend went on this or my friend did this. And there's yeah. no magic diets, is there?
1: there? There really aren't. I know that the, the whole low-carb thing seemed like the magic solution and there was just a mania about it. But the results show that over the long term, they're they're the same as any diet. If you get really excited about a program that your friend went on and quickly lost a bunch of weight the statistics tell us that there's a 99% chance that your friend's going to gain that back again. And so if you follow suit and are as successful as your friend, there's a 99% chance that you're going to gain it back again, too. So there has to be another way. There has to be a better way to make the change. That changes last. We start from self-acceptance, as I was saying, and then we want to add our behavior techniques from that Foundation, our behavior change techniques from that foundation. So the unconditional self acceptance, the forgiveness creates a fertile soil, like a really rich and fertile soil into which we plant the seeds of behavior change, which now in this fertile soil will take root and grow, and they seem easy at that point. In fact, many of my clients will say, you know, it's amazing. I never thought that losing weight would be easier than overeating and being overweight, but it actually is. I'm enjoying it more. Who knew? But when you think about it, if you have a program that you enjoy more losing weight than you ever did being overweight, isn't that going to be the most sustainable? Because you're going to be attracted to that.
0: Right. And uh, yeah, it does make sense. And also, I think too, if you do slip up, not to beat yourself up. I had a girlfriend the other day who who said that her husband brought home the Halloween candy and he had. she went actually in the trunk and got out only a few pieces. And then she was just beating herself up, calling me for about two hours. And I said, move on. If you've actually done something like that and you don't like it, it's fine. Just move on and make up for it. And
1: and if you're going to eat something like that, I would say enjoy everybody. <laughs> well, I completely agree with you. And I'm really glad you brought that up because this is actually one of the keys to making the change, to making the transition, to making the change stick. And I call it a technique called self-correcting. In other words, the, the I, you know, if you're at one of those unresourceful moments and the Halloween candies in front of you, the, the, the holiday treats are in front of you and you're, you know, you're like a train just go barreling down the tracks to eat it, that's not really a moment to intervene because it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to feel really hard and you're probably going to you know, only get it right a, you know, a, a once in a while. So forget about that. Instead of that, Focus on being kind and forgiving and accepting of yourself after the fact. Focus on bringing yourself back into balance. And so what I tell my clients to do is to see how quickly they can bring themselves back to center and back into balance after a slip, after life throws them off. And when they can do that within 24 hours or less, they're there. That's so true. Because, I mean, we just
0: had a weekend where I we ate so much for the weekend, probably more than I have in three years. But I came
1: home and just went right back to my routine, and, and it's all fine and good now. And it's all fine and good, exactly. So you want to focus on self-correcting, on bringing yourself back into balance. The, the, um, the reason that that's so effective is that, you know, if you look at why we're overeating in the first place, I, I call it the cycle of overeating. At some point in life, we feel some kind of pain. It could be emotional pain. It typically is emotional pain. And we hate feeling pain. We, we want to stop feeling pain immediately, as quickly as possible. And so we get this idea that, well, if we eat, that might solve the pain. And certainly by eating, it distracts us, and we might get a sugar rush. We might get a carb rush. We might get a caffeine rush. And so it's effective at making us feel better very, very quickly, sort of instant gratification. So we're eating because we want to feel better. We don't want to feel pain. But after we eat, then we start feeling guilty. We start beating ourselves up. Oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Why did I do that? I'm so fat. And we go on and on. We start railing at ourselves in a way that we would never rail at anybody else, mind you. Well, that's really effective at making us feel bad again. Well, we hate to feel bad. And what is our number one coping mechanism to feel better when we feel bad? Eating. So in that way, the guilt, the beating up on ourselves, actually furthers this cycle, this negative cycle of overeating. So the first place to intervene, according to most diets, is to say, oh, well, you know what, just don't eat. Instead of eating the cookies, eat the celery. You know, just don't do that thing that makes you feel good. You know, that's so true, and I think that's where the term comfort
0: food came from because, you know, it's macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes and all those things, and they're like, that is comfort food, and and that's comforting your pain.
1: And that's comforting your pain, exactly. So a diet's going to say, you know what, don't eat that. Um, Stay feeling bad. (laughs) Don't get yourself to feel good. But don't worry, in a week, in a month, in a year, you'll feel great when you've lost all that weight. Well, gosh, that's a long way away. So rather than intervening at the the point of what actually makes you feel good, how about intervening at the point of what actually makes you feel bad by forgiving yourself and instead of beating up on yourself, just finding activities, finding things that self-correct you, that bring you back to center, time in nature, time with your cat or your dog or your child or your loved one, music, talking to a friend, going to a movie that you enjoy, something that really renews your spirit and helps you feel good.
0: There's nothing like a best friend to do that to. I really think that turning to a best friend, even my girlfriend calling me and you know, beating her own self up, and I'm just like, let that go, big deal. Yeah, You had a
1: candy bar, get over it.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Find what works best for you, your best friend, whatever it is that really renews you, and focus on that rather than beating yourself up. So that's good advice. I
0: mean, make yourself a list of you know, your iPod or your music, walking,
1: and whatever you really like to do. Instead yes. of what you don't like to do and force yourself to do that, what you really like to do. Exactly, and i that's exactly what I ask my clients to do is to make that list. And I I have actually a three-tier list. Things that you can do on your own is the first tier. Things that you can do with a friend is the second tier. And the third tier is when you need to get professional help because, you know, it's really serious. Let's talk about that for a second. If you feel like what would be the, you know,
0: parameters of somebody needing to get professional help?
1: Well, when you cannot bring yourself back into balance on your own, you cannot bring yourself back into balance with the help of a friend or doing something in a community, if those methods don't work, then it's time to look outside of yourself and find someone professional who can help you. And how do people go
0: about finding the right professional for depression, weight, all that kind of stuff? How do you know to choose the right person?
1: Well, you know, I I, I get a, a little, I don't know, philosophical or spiritual about this, the first thing I I would recommend is that you really set your intent, that you kind of put the invitation out there that you want to find the right person, that that, you you find that person. And then when you start looking on the Internet, and I would recommend looking for a life coach, um, a hypnotherapist, or a therapist to help you. And, And as you start out there looking... Find someone whose, whose website speaks to you. Find a referral from a friend where you think, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want. You know, that, that really resonates with me. I think that there needs to be a real connection between the professional and the person being helped in, for it to be effective. So actually, when people come to me, I take them through a, an extensive process. It's actually a, a free consultation process, but it's an extensive process where they go about finding, you know, really looking inside to, one, determine their motivation base, and the process helps them. Um, become really clear about their motivation and increase their motivation for lasting change and then two to really just check inside and and tune into their higher guidance to see is this a match? Is this the right thing for me to do? Because personally, you know, Terry, I only want to work with people who feel really called to work with me. And when we finish this process and someone actually starts with me, we're already halfway there because they feel really called to work with me and my work. And I feel really called to work with them. And so it's a great match. So I encourage people to go through a process of self-reflection, um, and and look for someone that they have that, that resonance with, that real connection with. You know, that's really great advice. I like what you just said. I mean, if you can connect with their
0: website and you can get the essence of who they are. Yes. And speaking of that, we're running out of time. And, Renee, we're going to have you back. I mean, this has been great, great advice on self-esteem and connecting with yourself. And you could find Renee on personallifemedia.com. We're going to link our website to hers, and she, you can check out her podcast, Inside Out Weight Loss, as well.
1: Thank you so much for being with us,
0: and we're going to have you back. And Renee, where are you located? You're located in the Bay Area, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm in San Francisco, but most of my clients are actually by phone.
0: Oh, great. So if you want to hook up with Renee, you can have phone consultation and check out her website, and we're going to have her back. Thanks great. for all your great tips today. We really appreciate it. This is Terry Stuck Beauty now, and I'll check back with you. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com. North
2: Star Mall. I hardly recognize you at all. It wasn't until I heard you say hello, I realized you were a girl I know. You look completely different than you did in 91. A total transformation. Come on, admit it, you had a little work done a little work done holy cow it don't matter wow look at you now how'd you like to get together for some fun i kind of like it since you had a little work done remember back in school we were drunken with kids and I pretended that you didn't exist You were a cute thing but you couldn't be The trophy girl I wanted hanging with me You've gone from plain white bread To a honey bun I think I'd like to have a taste now With you you're delicious since you had a little work done Had a little work done, holy small. I noticed you, a damn near joke I think that we should get together for some fun I think I want you now. You had a, had, a had a little work done. Had a little work done, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done, had a little work done. I see you shifting all around the town. With the top down. I heard the beauty is only skin deep. They call me shallow because you're looking mighty sweet. I never fantasized before that you would be the one. But now you're in my night and day dream. You're sure amazing since you had a little work done. had a little work done. since you had a little work done, had a little